From the Thinking Out Loud studios, it's the Thinking Out Loud podcast with Kevin and Kyle, the podcast that exists to help you navigate the culture of today from a biblical perspective and to help you grow in your relationship with God. God has commissioned and called you to be a light in this culture. The only way you can do that is to know the truth. No matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter what season of life that you're in, if you truly want to find success in that season, you are going to have to go back to the simple question of what does God say about me in this moment? There's no shortage of information in this culture, but there is a shortage of truth. Welcome back to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. My name is Kevin Wilson. I'm Kyle, and we are excited to join you today as we discuss a topic that's probably more near and dear to our hearts than some of the topics we talked about, just because we've personally experienced and been involved in what we're going to be talking about. And so we want to talk to you today just just about the signs of what maybe a healthy, unhealthy church could look like. And the reason I'm excited today is because most of you who follow us know that Brooke and I recently just joined a staff at our home church. And so it was ex- it's been an exciting transition, an exciting season of our lives. But what led to even this decision was us recognizing the signs of a healthy church, first and foremost, and being able to recognize if there were any signs of any unhealth that were happening. And I think the reason, Kevin, I'm, I'm most excited about sharing this topic is because for families like mine who attend church, a little over a year ago, we were looking for a home church. And while you're looking for a home church, you're looking for a lot of performance things. You know, mm-hmm. is the kids' ministry a good fit for my kids? Well, what's a good fit for my kids? You know, well, do they enjoy the, the, the life of kids' ministry? Do they enjoy the jungle gym? Do they enjoy, you know, whatever it is that they've got? For your kids, do you enjoy the check-in process, the security process, the privacy process, and all the safety aspects to that? Is it a fit for my teenagers? Do they like the youth ministry? Is it a culture where they can thrive? Is it relevant for them? And then is the church a fit for my full family? What are the Sunday morning experiences? What are some of the things the church offers throughout the week? You know, and, and you have all of those those boxes that you need checked off when you're looking for a church. And you know, typically we ask a ton of questions about the performance of the church as if the performance and the public displays are the most important aspects of a church. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times, and, and, and we've done it, you know, we've, we've walked into a church and said, yeah, this is, this, is a, this is a good fit. But I don't know how many times we off the bat look into and dissect the leadership of the church or the biblical beliefs of the church, the processes and the procedures of the church from top down, not just from our experiences, but the processes and the procedures in office, you know, the policies in which your church handles certain things or the policies in which your church is going to operate, and then the values of the church. I think, you know, months in, maybe weeks in, but months in for sure, you start to find some of those things out, but that's not until after you've committed to it being your home usually, or you've made relationships in the church. And my thing is, is I I feel like leadership, values, policies, processes, those are things that we should figure out about a church before we just decide to make it a home. I think that that will deter a lot of frustration, you know, as we're trying to find a home church. And so I'm excited to go through with you today, Kevin, just signs of an unhealthy church as, yeah. as, uh, 
as simple as that sounds, I, I'm on staff at a church. And so obviously one of the things that we like to do is make sure that we aren't giving away red flags or, or giving off a bad vibe as it pertains to being unhealthy. And if we are, we need to fix it. We need to attack it. We need to address it. We need to fix it. Yeah, 100%. And so some of you that are listening today, it, you very well could end up realizing that you're part of an unhealthy church. Others, you you'll, you can go and pat your pastor on the back <laughs> and your church leadership team realizing that, man, we've got, we hit all of these markers, you know, and that we're healthy now. And, and we're certainly not saying that any church is perfect. Nope. Right. Nope. So, you know, everywhere there's humans, there's going to be some imperfection. So, yep. you know, and what we're also not saying is that, you know, pastors don't work hard and, you know, because pastors work really hard um, and you're talking to two guys that's been in ministry for years. So it's not, you know, we're we're coming from a, a standpoint of having been in leadership ministry. You know, I know Kyle has been in leadership ministry for many years, myself close to 20 years. So we've been on the pastoral staff, and so we understand the inner workings of the church from a, a pastoral standpoint. And then we also have been just parishioners yep. of churches. So we understand, you know, what that looks like from a parishioner standpoint. And so I, I think this is a great topic because I, I think a lot of people, they wonder sometimes, you know, is this church really like, you know, everything that it should be or, you know, because it's hard. I mean, let's all agree. Like if you've looked for a church in the last, I don't know, five years or so, it is hard to find a good church. I mean, it's there's churches all over. Yeah, there's, there's not it's not that there's not churches, but and I'm not talking about, like Kyle said, just the kind of, oh, well. You know, they have a good youth ministry or they have a good children's ministry or something like that. But just a solid church that has great teaching, great worship, great, you know, the old saying goes, if they have great worship, the teaching's probably not good. If they have great teaching, the worship sometimes suffer. Yeah. Uh, I hear that from a lot of people. So, but some of that stuff is null and void, really, when it comes to really, are you a part of a healthy church? And that's what we want to talk about. Yeah, and it's again, like Kevin said, we we've been on both sides of this. And so having experienced no strings attached, just trying to find a church in in American culture is it's hard. It is. Because it's almost like a buffet of well, what do you want? We've got something for everything. And I don't know I forget, I don't know if it was me and you talking, Kevin, or if I was talking to somebody here, but we were talking about how Francis Chan was was discussing this. And somewhere in Asia, I don't remember exactly where, but he was saying how how basically, you know, if in America, if you don't like the church you're at, you can go down the street and find another church that better fits your need. And the congregation he was talking to, they were like baffled by that. They were like, There's that yeah. there's that many options to following you know what I'm saying, to yeah. following the word of God. And he was like, Yeah, I mean if it doesn't fit your style, then go down the street. Something something you we will eventually land on something that fits your style. And I guess the heart in this is, you know, the same thing in anything else we talk about on the show is we want to get the truth out to our followers because we want healthy followers. We want healthy mm -hmm. families. And truth be told, we can't just look for style. You know what I'm saying? We can't That's just look right. for performance. If we did that, then every church would fail us because we're human 
at the end of the day. So not every performance on a Sunday is going to be up to par in the way leadership would like it or or the style may not always fit every single person. But we can look at the leadership of the church and we can look at the policies of the church and we can look at the values of the church and we can know fairly quickly whether or not the way things are being dealt out, if they are valued the same way God values them or if they're a little unhealthy. And so all this is today is not to say you don't need to be going to the church you're going to or the church you're going to is super unhealthy. All this is today is to help you navigate church life and to, to, and to help you navigate uh, finding your church home if you haven't or if you have, maybe recognizing some things that you wouldn't have recognized to begin with. And so all it is is just to help us become healthier parishioners, healthier pastors, healthier staff members. And quite honestly, we're going to talk about some leadership stuff today where it's not just the church. I mean, you can go to your business, you can go to your home, and the way that you lead, there's going to be some leadership aspects that they shouldn't just be minimized to the church, but they should follow you into the workplace and into your home. And so I'm excited about it. So let's dig in. We're going to talk over some signs of leadership within a church that that you can flag. And, and if these are signs you're seeing, and even though your church is amazing and it meets all of your requirements, it may mean that there's a little bit of unhealth there. And so I and I want to I want to say something before we get into this, Kyle. Yeah, I think this is really important. Mm-hmm. OK, so there is this thing that people have, and I totally understand it. Is they say, well, because if you find that as we talk through this, that there is some unhealth in your church or you're like, oh, my goodness, it's very, very unhealthy. And you're like, man, I don't you know, I'm not sure what should happen here. Here's here's what you have to understand. People get confused because they see God move Mm -hmm. in churches that they deem unhealthy or they might watch a TV show or know of a church. And they're like, man, I really feel like the theology is not you know, it's just not biblical theology. I feel like that, you know, there's there's some other things going on in the church, whatever the case may be. And they say, but I still see that God heals people. People are saved. People are getting baptized. People are, you know, all of these different things. And it confuses them and they go, well, but if the church is not healthy, then how is that stuff still happening? Like, how are people being saved? How are people growing in Christ? Why is it that people look happy and are giving testimonials about what God has done? So here's how that happens. Always remember this. God will never let a Christian, somebody who's totally committed to him and is seeking after him, suffer because of the neglect or the sin or whatever else is going on of the pastor or the leader that you're under, okay? If you are truly seeking God and say you go to church and you're like, you know what, Lord, I, I'm really seeking your, your wisdom today in a situation. I'm really seeking your word or whatever the case may be. You go to church and the pastor preaches a message that's exactly what you needed, or he gives you a word of wisdom or of knowledge or something like that. Always remember that is not because of the pastor. That is in spite of the pastor, right? That God is going to, because you came, because what did the Bible say? He says, knock, the door shall be open. Seek and ye shall find. Ask and it shall be given unto you. So 
when you go to a church and you're doing those things that are biblical, you're asking, you're seeking, and you're knocking, well, God is going to honor his word and he is going to minister to you whether that person is where they should be or not. Because God is going, God's can't, he's not going to allow you to suffer because of it, right? right? That's how people can go. You know, you, you see like big faith healers or people who are famous that fall because of infidelity mm-hmm. or some other moral failure. You go, but I was baptized in that church. Or man, I just, the messages that he preached or she preached was such, so amazing. And I've grown so much, but, but, but if it wasn't healthy, how was it? Here's the thing. God is not going to allow you to suffer things that you need as a Christian because of someone else's failure. God's going to deal with them, but God is going to continue to work in the earth. And so when we go through these today and you, you discover like, Ooh, I think I've seen that a couple of times. Oh, that's a, mm, you know, and you start kind of doing that. You go, yeah, but the church is growing. Guess what? That pastor is not that it's not his church. It's God's church. So, of course, God's church is going to grow. You know, the Bible says that, you know, I will build my church and the gates of hell. It won't prevail against it. And so and it doesn't mean that if someone is unhealthy, that it won't stifle growth. Sometimes it doesn't mean that, you know, things won't come up and things won't happen and people won't get hurt. They will. So it's not that, well, God's going to bless in spite of all the time. But for the majority of time, if you're a person, you're really you're really seeking God. He is going to he's going to honor that. But he also honors you also by showing you things that sometimes aren't good. And I think we have to always listen to that. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. That's actually really good. Bishop Wilson, y'all. Bishop Kev. Here we go. Here we go. Rev Kev. There we go. Um, But I think uh, just starting off the bat, Kevin, let's talk about red flag, maybe number one here, where, you know, if attending a church and leadership really has no clear vision, mm. we hear the word and I, I've just being in ministry, you hear the word vision a lot. Well, what's your vision for this ministry or, or what's your heart? You know, and, and we, I think we can abuse that word a little bit mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like a go-to ministry word well what's your vision for this ministry and what's your vision for this group what's your vision for this church but what i mean by that is this is god god is a god of design he's a god of order he's a god of plan and i personally feel and it's it's biblical that our churches need to have a vision they need to have a plan for their community there needs to be a plan beyond the Sunday morning services. There needs to be a plan for those services and there needs to be a vision for in-house, but there also needs to be a an alive vision beyond just the corporate meetings inside of our yes. churches. And if we get to a place in our churches where there's really uh, not a whole lot of opportunity outside of just the corporate gatherings and there's really not a whole lot of um, opportunity inside the community, we can see the beginning stages of unhealth inside the leadership of the church. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Proverbs 29 and 18 just basically says where there is no vision, the people perish. Mm-hmm. And so that's exactly, you know, what we're talking about. And so, you know, it's important that a church has, like Kyle said, the vision beyond that 45 minute or hour and a half or however long your service is, on a Sunday morning. 
And I feel like a lot of churches, uh, there's churches that get stuck in the mud because there's no vision outside of that. It's every, all the hours that is spent by the leadership staff is spent to make that one hour and a half the best extravaganza you've ever, you've ever been, you've ever encountered. The issue with that is that's not what the church is called to do. Yes, we are called together, but that's not. That's not what we put all of our energy right. and our focus in is to have an event or a service. Right. That's we are to service our communities. We are to service one another. We are to disciple one another. But it's not just to come together to have a service, you know, and so it is very vitally important that your church has a vision beyond and it's an actionable vision. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be able to go up to your pastor or go up to any leader and they should be able to tell you in a one or two sentences, the vision of that church. Well, and the vision of the church should be applicable. So it's, it's not something that's just talking about, talked about like probably one of the best mission statements that I've seen in the church was love God, love people. Right. It's just catchy. Mm -hmm. It's simple. It's, it's smart and it's God's heart. And I love that, but I should see within my church ways that we love God and then ways that we love people. And it should be multiple ways. Something that I tell my youth ministry is we have, or my leaders is, is I I basically say, you know, if, if we miss tonight, we could miss the rest of their lives. And then the other mantra is a genie mayo mantra. I'm going to build a bridge from my heart to theirs. And hopefully Mm -hmm. one day they let Jesus walk across that bridge. Well, those have to be, they have to be applicable. Okay. So Mm -hmm. uh, what are we doing throughout the week to make sure we don't miss tonight? And then what are we doing beyond tonight to keep that bridge built and the relationships built and the discipleship built so that Jesus can walk across that. Right. And so there's got to be things that are set up for that. Jesus says this, and and this is why I think this is so important. I think a lot of us, we come to church, I've done it, and I'd I'd love to just do this, where we think, well, we're here to be served. Right. Our salvation's about us, but it's about much more than just us. And I think Jesus answers it best in Matthew 20, 28, when he says that just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, he didn't come to be served. Like Jesus right. himself came to serve out yes. the ministry that he had. The, the savior of the world, you know what I'm saying? He came to serve. Yes. And I feel like we should be a part of a congregation that knows, yeah, we're here to reach the lost. We have to reach the lost. We have mm-hmm. to disciple the found. And we have yeah. to make disciples. And that's yes. part of that ministry. And so just a little bit of encouragement even there. Not that the church also, not that just the church just has to have vision, but they have to be a church full of people who are willing to carry out that a vision and apply it. Absolutely. And the church, just, just a note here, the church can't do it without us. Nope. Like the pastor could have the greatest vision in the world, mm-hmm. but he needs every single one of us to help carry out that vision. And you don't have to be in church leadership. You don't have to be in, you know, on a board or anything like that to carry out that vision. You know, but, you know, it's, it's important that you do go to the leadership, say, hey, what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. Where can I serve? How can I become a part of, of what you're doing? Or maybe you're already doing something and you say, well, how can I, you know, how can what I'm already doing help the church? Right. And so that, I think that's important as well. Yeah. And just to piggyback off of that, another sign of perhaps maybe unhealth is a part of the leadership is if you are attending a church and and you don't hear that outreach is ever being planned or preached. 
That is God's heart. People Mm -hmm. is God's heart. And so I think you can start to get a little concerned when we're hearing message after message because outreach should be preached from the pulpit. 100%. Even, Even if it's not the sermon topic, God's heart is outreach. And I think that if outreach is a part of the ministry of the church, it's going to bleed through even some messages that don't even, you know what I'm saying, that, that that's not the main topic. And so if you're sitting in a, in a chair and you're like, I don't remember the last time I heard about us involved in an outreach or heading up an outreach or being asked to give towards an outreach, that is a serious sign of unhealth in the leadership. 100%. Now, this is something that's near and dear to my heart, and I could talk hours on this, but I won't, obviously. Wow. But. <laughs> But, um, yes, um, we, and I, in my opinion, this is one of the greatest enemies of the church today. One is bad theology. And, and we'll, we're going to have to talk about that on a separate show. Oh, yeah. We'll mention it today, but we'll talk about it in detail. Yeah. We'll go deeper later. Yeah. But, but this, but outreach. Mm. And it needs to be outreach that doesn't require somebody giving an offering, mm. <laughs> you know, because sometimes we say outreach and it's like, well, let's have everybody come and we're going to have a, a day, a community day with the community. But it's like it's but it, a lot of it is centered around the community giving an offering. Yeah. You know, and it's we have to make sure. And, and, I, and I will tell you this. I it it grieves me when I when I see churches that spend a lot of time talking about the Holy Spirit and how much it's moving in the church and everybody's running around, speaking in tongues, hanging from the chandeliers, and there is zero discipleship. There is zero outreach. Like, no, I mean, it's just not there. Like, they literally come to church so they can run around. They come to church so they can say, whoo, man, I, I, man, you should have been at that service. Our bobby pins were laying all over the floor. And, you know, my hair came out. I mean, they're just, that's what they look at as church. And folks, I'm, I'm sorry to break it to you, but that's not what church is, you know, and we are supposed to be the church. A lot of times we're having church and we're not being the church. And and a, a lot of that is based off the New Testament church, and that's not even how the New Testament church operated on a day-to-day basis. No. Discipleship was no. such a huge no. part of what the New Testament was, and outreach was such a huge part of what the New Testament church was that guys like Stephen were given yes. roles because they just they needed help because they were expanding in the way they were through discipleship and through outreach. Pentecost yes. is a big part. And it should be a very big part, but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, because if you look at Acts, I mean, you, you saw. Let's go back to Acts and be an Acts church. Oh, I and I really, I mean, anybody, guys, we are, we are, we are very big into the gifts of the spirit oh, yeah. and oh, the yeah. spirit moving. So let, I want to make that very yep. clear. All right, mm-hmm. we believe in the fivefold ministry gifts, all of that good stuff. Here's what I'm saying. There has to be a balance. And a lot of times, you know, you'll see where it's like, man, the Holy Spirit moved. We did this. We did that. And we ran around and we, you know, whatever. But then when you walk out, you walk past the homeless person. Mm. You walk past the, the, the mother that's getting ready to abort her baby. 
And, you know, your hands are not out to receive that baby in adoption instead of them aborting the baby. You you neglect having a food pantry so that people can come, families that are, that are, um, I, and I'll never forget one time I was sitting in, in a meeting at a church and we were talking about outreach and the pastor simply said, listen, you know, in, in so many words, if the, if, the, if the people that we're helping is not giving money to the church, then why are we helping them? Woo. I, I literally, I, 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 I kid you not, I was ready to walk out the door because we've missed the whole point of outreach. Like that, you, you, that you, we've missed what outreach is. Yeah. Jesus, when he walked around and he was healing people, he never asked them for anything. Right. When he healed and, and when he did different things, when he was in the synagogues uh, and he taught for hours, he never asked for anything. But yet we as the church, we, we're, we say we're full of the Holy Spirit, but then our community is suffering. Our orphanages are full. Yep. Our, our homeless shelters are full, not of just grown people, but of teenagers mm. are, are, I mean, this is what makes an unbelieving world feel like that our God that we say that we serve that is so powerful, they think he's not powerful and he can't be a change agent in their lives because they don't see the change happening. And the only way that change happens is if the church rises up and the church is you and me rises up and we do those things. Most of your Christianity and most of, of what God wants from the church happens outside of the walls. Yeah, and that's, it, and I don't mean to cut you off, Kev, but that's, you know, we have seen movements where churches are, are highly involved in encounters, right? And yeah. we have leadership that wants to lead through an encounter, or we, we abuse the word revival, right? And it's, mm. it's, it's almost like we're revivaholics, you know? And I, I don't mean that to sound disrespectful, but being a leadership on staff, I will say this, and you can take it however you want, but I seriously feel like a staff that's void of an outreach is an irresponsible staff. You're yeah. being very irresponsible with the platform that you've been given. You're being very irresponsible with the resources you've been given. And it's just a mishandling of those resources, and it's a mishandling of the heart of God. And so the reason I really liked having outreach that's never planned being an unhealthy aspect of leadership is because I think the reason that we're in positions of leadership is to disciple those to figure out how they can be a part of outreach, whether it's directly involved in the church or if it's individually in their own lives. Outreach mm -hmm. needs to be at the center of, of what we do because that's the heart of God. And so, yeah. again, I, I just feel like leadership that's void of outreach is leadership full of irresponsibility. Yeah. Um, let's get onto a little bit of a harder one, and this is a little bit twofold, um, but we'll start with it. <laughs> Because I am involved in leadership, and I will admit, sometimes it's hard for me when I'm challenged. When I am mm. challenged for doing something that somebody didn't agree with, or when I'm challenged because I made a mistake. So if we're a part of a church, and, and it's constant that whenever leadership is challenged, and I'm not talking like disrespectfully challenged, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. someone yeah. just blatantly being disrespectful to leadership. I'm not saying that. I'm saying leadership can never be called the question or leadership can never be told maybe they just did something wrong. If you're part of that 
it, it's that's a very serious issue. There's more to it than them just not wanting to be challenged. Um, when pastors or leaders refuse to admit their mistakes and they tend to deflect, there's a bigger, there's an underlying issue there. And the reason I can say this is because I'm a part of that. I know when I'm deflecting something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I know yeah. when I when I'm at times saying that's not my fault or no, I didn't do that wrong or I don't agree with that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah. we see that a lot. I've I've yeah. experienced it a lot. I've been a part of it. Like I said, I've had to call my heart back into check at times because the truth is this. I'm a human. Like, I'm a human being. Mm-hmm. There are going to be times where, even though I'm a pastor, even though I'm a leader, there are going to be times where I'm lazy. There are going to mm-hmm. be times where I'm irresponsible. There are going to be times when I make a, a bad call in a situation mm-hmm. where I need to be called out for it. And there are going to be times where, as I'm leading, I may be offbeat just a little bit or out of touch, you know, in the situation. And I think what's been the biggest, what's helped me get on the biggest growth plan of my life is not going into a leadership meeting and saying, what did you like about service? Or what do you like that we're doing? But probably one of the best things that we've done so far on a, on a Google form is just said, what do you think needs to change about this ministry? What don't you mm-hmm. like about this ministry? What? And mm-hmm. that's the type of feedback that hurts. Because you're yep. the leader over that ministry, and everything <laughs> you do is gold in your mind. Mm-hmm. But I think that it gives, stu- you know, in my case, students and and leaders under me that platform to say, "Well, this is my church too, right?" Yeah, it, it gives yeah. them the platform to say, "This is this is my ministry too." And so, if we're under leadership that can't be challenged, I don't know how we're ever going to be able to develop an ownership of our ministries. As just mm-hmm. lay people. Yeah. And you're supposed to. You're supposed to have ownership over your church. You're supposed to, whatever ministry you're involved, you're supposed to find ownership in that because the best way to impact and create a reach is to grow your capacity of that ministry or grow your capacity of that church. And what I mean by that is, as a pastor, you know, Kev, if you were my pastor, yeah, you may be able to influence and lead 80 people in your capacity, right? Yep. But yep. that may be your cap. And so if you're the yep. only one that's allowed to take ownership over that, your church may grow to 80, 85 people. Yeah. But yeah. if you allow someone like me to give feedback and to be involved, maybe my capacity is 25 people. So now your church has just grown to 100 and you do the math, 110, 115 people. And if we continue that, now we're getting into the outreach aspect and now we're getting into the, the reach aspect of the church. And so... We are one of the reasons I wanted to target that aspect of unhealthy leadership is because I personally feel like churches bottleneck themselves because of this reason right here. Yeah. Because yeah. voices just aren't heard because ownership from top up, top down hasn't been taken over even even mistakes, you know, because we are all human. Yeah, so true, Kyle. We as leaders, especially church leaders, we should we should lead in owning mistakes. Yes. We should lead in, you know, allowing others, because I, I believe this 100%. There is no way, there's not a man on earth that can lead anything by himself. No. Like, there's just, there's just no way. I mean, if we remember back in the Old Testament, when Moses, when a lot of people, he was trying to do all the counseling. Yep. Trying to help everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and then they, they said to him, it's like, look, you need to... You need to break these people up in 50s and allow men to be over, you know, groups of people 
because you can't do it alone. And I think anytime you see leadership trying to do it alone or trying to be the leader of everything, well, they're the leader of the outreach ministry. They're the leader of the music ministry. They're the leader of the, they're having to say in every single, that isn't, now listen, every leader obviously needs to respect and honor the vision of the church, mm. right? And that pastor's vision needs to, it needs to spider out, if you will, into the different ministries and the areas of the church. That's normal. That's what should happen. But if the senior pastor is the one that is truly heading up every single aspect of the church, man, that there's you, the body of Christ is not being used. Mm. Like there are so many people in churches that have dormant ministries because they're simply not allowed to minister. And again, the performance of those ministries could be great. But the yeah. effectiveness of them could be horrible. Yes. And what yes. I mean by that is they could be functioning. It could even be growing. Yeah. But yeah. if we're not utilizing and we're not developing the people within those ministries, the ministry is ineffective. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think going back to your original point is, you know, leaders have to be held accountable. You know, you can't have an attitude of that I'm never wrong because I'm the pastor or because God spoke to me or because of whatever the case may be. It's that's not a spirit of humility. And I feel like as leaders, we have to lead with humility. Yeah. None of us have arrived. Yeah. I don't care how great our ministries are. None of us have arrived. And we we need to be focused on humility and allowing others to speak into our lives. For sure. Yeah, and, and I, th- I just think that it, it could get to a dangerous place where you, the congregation can feel like, hey, if I confront this issue, you know, the result is going to be that I'm labeled unsupportive or I'm labeled manipulative or I'm labeled toxic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we just, and this is just a message to, to the leaders, we, we just have to be super careful. It's hard to admit when we're wrong. It's hard to admit that we are wrong, even if we know we're wrong. It's hard to admit that it was our mistake. But I think there's power in doing that. And I think there's power in doing it publicly at times, just saying, listen, I, I may have misread a situation. I just want to, you know, full disclosure, I'm sorry. Because I think that it empowers the voices of the church to be able to say, hey, he understands. He's relatable. He's humble. I can come to him. And there's going to be times when somebody does come to us and they're, they're accusing us and we can say no. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's if right. you're not wrong, yes. you're not wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I'm not saying just be a doormat, but I feel like right. if you show transparency and vulnerability of saying, yeah, I was wrong there, then the, then the times that you can, you look at someone and you say, no, you're truly misreading the situation. I think, I think you offer them the ear. They're going to offer you the ear. You know what I'm saying? But, Absolutely. But, but when we're constantly just deflecting or we're constantly just saying, well, that wasn't my fault or what we're doing is we're constantly telling them, you can't come to me about when I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. And, and it's just, yeah. it just, it breeds unhealth. And it's easy to do because we're leaders and we want to have a certain persona. We want everyone to feel like he, he worked hard. He planned hard. Everything he's saying right now is correct. Everything he's doing is correct. When in reality, if we're going to build on anything in the kingdom of God, we are going to make mistakes. And then we're going to have to own them and learn from them. Yeah, and I and especially the new generations that's coming, they're they're tired of the grandstanding. Like they they want raw, they want real, the real. They want somebody that's going to be honest and say, you know what, I messed up. 
Yep, I have a problem with that too. Yep, that was my pride. Yep, that was, I mean, that's what they want. And they can yep. smell it a mile away. Like if, if that's who you are, they can smell, I mean, they, and, and they don't want to have anything to do with it because they see that it's not authentic. Yeah, and, and just a little, just a little insight into in the ministry I'm in right now. 10 years ago, imagery was everything. Yeah. Graphics. It was everything. You know what I'm saying? It spoke, and it still is, you know, a huge part of what we do. But what I'm learning is this generation right now, they need content. Yes. And so I, I don't find, you know, I used to spend hours trying to work up the best graphic to catch their attention. Mm-hmm. They're not satisfied with just the graphic anymore. They want the content inside of it, the real, genuine. I could, at this point, I could throw up whatever graphic. I don't even have to throw up a graphic. Mm-hmm. It used to be like on my slides when I preached, I would have this sweet background. It's black and white. It's white letters on a black background. They need the content, which it always, it always was that. But I'm just saying what speaks to the millennials now, they can get, they can get graphics anywhere. They're not, they're not going to, they can create, here's the real issue. They can create better graphics on their phone than I can on my computer in two hours. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they're not going to be impressed by that in the same way. The grandstanding and the performance isn't as impressionable as much as the content and the reality of what we're about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I told you guys that this was a little bit of a two-part. You know, obviously leadership that can never be challenged is unhealthy, but the fact that you are never challenged is also unhealthy. Yes. And I and I know Kevin will probably dive into this a little bit too, but Jesus' ministry—you can look all throughout that New Testament. His ministry was one of teaching and challenging. Yes. It's what got him in trouble. Yes. It's, it's literally what put him on the cross was the fact that he was challenging the leaders of that day. And he was challenging. Like, he would come up and, and he would challenge the blind. Like, yes. Who challenges the blind? Right. He's already right. challenged. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, the man can't walk. And he's still coming up to him. And he's healing him. But Jesus was challenging. He was teaching him in the moment that, listen, it's much more than just the performance. It's much more than just me giving you your ability to walk back. There is some serious issues in your life that you need to deal with. Basically, what Jesus was saying is, I want to make you healed again. I want to make you whole again. You know what I'm saying? And and so I think that we we have to look at the leadership from the pulpit. And I know this is getting real specific now. But again, I can say it because I'm there. Yep. And it's got to go beyond just motivational messages. I'm a youth pastor, and it can get real easy for me to go four, five, six weeks in a row where I am motivating the students to make a change, right? Or yep. I'm motivating them through a really cool message about, like I'm talking about, um, um, no, nah, I don't even remember who I'm talking about. Uh, anyway, I'm talking about somebody cool this Wednesday. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I can't remember who I'm talking about. But what I, what I'm trying to say is it can get real it can get real consistent when we don't allow our messages to challenge our people. Yeah. We give them the feel good, we give them the motivational. I'm talking about Steven this Wednesday. Why did I have such a hard time saying that? <laughs> but but basically the Steven it's real motivational. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I can just say, you need to stand tall for your generation. I can, it could be a real rah rah message, or I could talk about Stephen's servanthood. Yeah. And I could talk about how he served tables and he was a man that served women. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And God used him in that moment of humility. You know what I'm saying? And so that is not a popular message for teenagers. And matter of fact, it's not a popular message just to preach. <laughs> to preach you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. But what, what I'm trying to say is, is Jesus' ministry was one of teaching, and it was one of challenge. And I feel like we can get caught up in ministry wanting to grow as churches and understanding that growth is going to be when people feel good because they're, they're going to want to come on a Sunday morning. Um, but again, I feel like that's very, very irresponsible. I feel like if we love our congregation as leaders and, and as a, as a, a lay person, I feel like if you, if you truly want to know how it is to feel loved, you're going to be challenged. hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I was, um, Looking at some scriptures while Kyle was um, was trying to figure out who I was speaking on, <laughs> talking so eloquently there about that. Uh, just great points you made there, Kyle. If the gospel is not an offense to you at at, yeah. at some point, yeah. and if it doesn't convict you and make you kind of angry a little bit inside, you're not you're you're not being challenged. Like mm-hmm. it, the gospel is is completely adverse to who we are at the core like it it you know the bible says the the word of god is powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword and it pierces down to divide the you know all of these things and the reason why it says i mean it uses it as a sword right Mm -hmm. like the swords don't feel good no (laughs) i don't know if you've (laughs) you know talk to listen i've never been stabbed by a sword but i have been stabbed by a needle Yes. That hurt enough to let me know I don't want to be stabbed by a sword. Right. Exactly. And so this is what the Bible does. So if you're not being challenged, and I tell you right now, that's one of the the things that we have going on, especially in the American church and some parts of Africa as well, is this cotton candy, you know, Jesus is your homeboy gospel. You know, that, oh, everything's going to be okay. God's going to, he's, you know, every, you know, you're, you're just, your miracle's coming. Every three seconds, you've got a miracle coming. Everything's going to work out. Folks, that is not the gospel. God never promised us that life was going to be easy, that we were going to have everything that we wanted, that we were going to, you know, all of these things. We must be challenged in our faith. You know, it's so funny. Sometimes I'll talk to, um, you know, just people in the marketplace and they find out I'm a Christian, and they'll, they'll say, hey, have you heard of this so-and-so preacher, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and I'll say, yeah. And uh, sometimes these are people who, they would never in a million years step into a church. They don't, mm. they don't have any, I mean, it's the, there are some people that are in totally different religions that, it, that don't even believe what we would believe as Protestants. And they still will tell me, oh, man, I listen to this person all the time. And I kind of look and I go, you know what? If you've never been offended by the gospel and you're living your life just however you want and you can listen to this particular preacher and it never, nothing ever offends you and you always just feel lifted up. Folks, that is dangerous because you're feeling good or you're, you're feeling uplifted in your sin. I should never feel uplifted in my sin. I'll tell you right now, if I, mm-hmm. when I go to church, you know, Kyle and I go to the same church, our pastor loves his congregation well. And, and, yeah. and one of the ways that he does that is he challenges us. 
and, and one of the mm-hmm. reasons that I, I, I just t- talked to him recently and said, you know, it was very hard for me to find a church because already being a pastor, knowing the word of God, you, you just, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to be challenged. But I tell you, every single Sunday that I'm there, he challenges me in a new way. That is loving your congregation well. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you've never even stepped foot in a pulpit before. Whether you've been to seminary or not been to seminary, you're challenged. That is what the yeah. Word of God, when it is truly preached, will do. Yeah, and I say this sometimes, and I don't know if I anger people, but as preachers, it's a little harder now, like you just said. And I feel like I miss the times when Jesus wasn't cool. Mm. And that's going to be another topic that we have down the road, this whole Jesus culture that we live in right now. but. I feel like we've been desensitized to the name of Jesus. Mm. I feel like the power of the name of Jesus isn't recognized as much anymore. And and it's what you said. I mean, when you can hear, you know, and, and we need to hear the uplifting yeah, messages, right? Sure. We need those. But there needs to be the balance of, but here's the reality of what the Word of God says about your situation. Yeah. Here's the real reality of what the Word of God says about the decisions you're making in life. Here's the reality of what the Word of God says about eternity, right? We start hearing those things. We're no longer being uplifted in our sin. We can still be uplifted and challenged in our sin. You know what I'm saying? Like the Word of God is good. It is life-giving. It is life-breathing. But the Word of God is also sharp. And the Word of God is also a convicting word. And so we have to have that type of balance in our lives. And I just feel like when we get on these movements, right, and... We just go, you know what, I can worship God, and I can listen to his word, and I cannot be changed by it. That's, again, Kevin, that's when we are in a very dangerous, dangerous place. And so, again, if you're, listen, this isn't to say that your church is a horrible church. This isn't to say that your leadership is horrible leadership. We care about the people that are listening to our show. Enough to say, if you are not being challenged, one, it could be that you're not listening, Let's yep. not get it twisted. So it could be that you're just yep. not listening. It could be that you're refusing the challenging moments of of the message and of the church. Or it could very well be that you're just not being yeah. challenged. And it's unbiblical. It's absolutely yeah, unbiblical. Yeah, I actually want to read the scripture just so you get our listeners have a reference. But it's Hebrews 4 and 12. It says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged mm. sword. It penetrates even mm. to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges mm. the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Listen, if, if something's getting into my thoughts, right? Because we think those are the things that nobody knows, right? So mm. if, 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 if the word of God is coming through and it's actually challenging things that no one else knows and it's actually in my head, the word of God is being preached because that, that, nothing yeah. else will do that. Like no one else knows. Yeah. <laughs> only 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 yeah. God knows. And it's so funny because pastors get you criticized sometimes because they say, oh, well, you were talking to me. You you had to be talking to me. And they're like, listen, I don't know anything about I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I will, you know, this yeah. has nothing to do with you. This just has to do with the word of God coming. And God knows where those things can be. So and I know you guys are enjoying this, and I think we're going to have, you know, because we have a few more of these to go through, and I, I think that it's important for us to do this. I think it's important for you to know 
if you belong to a healthy church. Truly. It's very important for you to know that. Yeah. And and if it's if it's not healthy, to know what a healthy church looks like. And so, you know, let's let's come back mm. next week and talk a little bit about some other things that you can see and you can, you know, clearly see, you know, if your church is unhealthy or not, or if your church is healthy, you know? And so we are excited to do this mm-hmm. and you can find us everywhere, guys, you know, go onto our social media. You know, if you want to reach out to us, we can also give you some churches, depending on where you are in your area that we truly feel are some good, well-balanced, solid churches yeah. to go to. Yeah. So if you want to reach out to us, you say, man, I'm really trying to find a place. Reach out to us via email, thinkingoutloudpodcast20 at gmail.com, thinkingoutloudpodcast20 at gmail.com, or you can go to our social media. Yeah, you can find us anywhere on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our Facebook page is Thinking Out Loud Podcast. We have a fans page as well, so you will find just a different image. It's abbreviated T-O-L, and instead of the O is a microphone there, and it says Thinking Out Loud fans think out loud podcast fans and then if you go onto our instagram it's just thinking underscore out loud and then real easy twitter thinking out loud (laughs) so um listen contact us we're not we don't want to just talk about this stuff if you have questions about what we said maybe we didn't go deep enough into something that we did say or you were confused about something again our goal isn't to get you out of a church or get you into a different church Our goal is just so you can understand and really read into the fact of whether or not you're in a healthy place. That's it. So yeah, hopefully you're enjoying it and we'll be able to continue this discussion next week. Absolutely. You guys have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll look forward to continuing next week.